Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout. That's promo code BSN2018 to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwood. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast, Monday edition of the show. We are presented today by Total Beverage. Right now, for a limited time, not sure how long this deal is going to last, guys, but Total Beverage has an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. Right now, with Total Beverage, you can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, use promo code BSN10, BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase or more for all your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. And of course, Total Beverage makes it super convenient. You can have all your liquor, wine, beer, spirits delivered to your house, to your apartment, to your office, wherever you are from anywhere in the north metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So make sure to check those guys out at Total Beverage. Also, the Total Beverage fan hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. Call us up after games. We want to hear your thoughts, your comments, your takes about the Nuggets in the league. We'll play them on the show. And again, if you haven't called up before, it's just an answering machine. So leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and leave a message for the show. And with that, let's get on with the show. Harrison Wind here and Christian Clark is to my left. Monday edition of the program was at Nuggets practice this morning. So here's what we'll do today. We'll recap for a few minutes this win over the Cavs because I don't think there's any real reason to go too in-depth into this one. We can probably just replay our segment from recapping that win over the Bulls for this one. Uh, But anyways, we'll touch on this game and then get to the main topic of today's show, Isaiah Thomas. He's been in the news a little bit as of last weekend. Seems like the chatter about his return is certainly ramping up, so we'll get off some thoughts about him and his return, how he could fit into Denver and whose minutes could take a hit and so on and so forth. But um, what do you remember most from this win over the Cavaliers, 124-102? Not the most memorable win, but similar to how Denver disposed of the Chicago Bulls. Well, I I just need you to confirm that this actually happened. Uh, When I saw the starting lineups for this game, it was an 8 p.m. tip. We saw those about 7.30. Late start because they they had the ads game at Pepsi Center the same day. 
Campaign was in the starting lineup at shooting guard for the Cleveland right. Cavaliers. Campaign, lifetime six points per game on 39.8% shooting, was the starting shooting guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you know what I was saying before this tip against the Cavs. Cameron Payton is my nomination for worst player in the league who continually gets 20 minutes a night. I mean, he's awful. How are you rolling out that guy as your starting shooting guard? I mean, I, I guess I know the answer to that. You're you're trying to lose games. Yes, and, that and is the answer to that. Given your best chance possible for an opportunity to draft Zion Williamson, I would be so mad if the Cavaliers get Zion Williamson. So angry. They don't deserve Zion Williamson. They've won the lottery more than any other team in the last decade. I don't want to say it was rigged, but it was a little weird I would say, how they kept getting number one pick. They should not get a number one pick for another 10 years. They don't deserve it. They don't need it. Yeah, I'm not really a big believer in karma. I tend to think life is just pretty much a card game. A lot of it's just luck. But if there is a God, Dan Gilbert does not deserve any more good things. I mean, just an awful human being. He does not deserve (laughs) any more good things to happen to him. All right, then. Um, Yeah, this game, I don't think it was very memorable. Denver took care of business. Uh... Jamal Murray, 26 points on 8 of 14 shooting. Another great night for him as his three-point percentage continues to climb up closer to 40%. Nikola Jokic is sixth triple-double of the season, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists in 28 minutes, uh, putting him in uh, elite company with that one. Mason Plumlee, a solid game off the bench. Gary Harris continues to find his rhythm. So does Will Barton. Um, anything else stand out to this game from you? Maybe, maybe something else that I noticed was Michael Malone afterwards was, you know, applauded his team for the win, but he wasn't an extremely happy camper. He still kind of hit home that the defense still has a lot of things to work on. Uh, they still haven't been great defensively in really any of these games over the last month, month and a half. So that's probably the biggest takeaway. That was a win and a win is a win in this league even if it's over the Cavaliers, but the defense still has a ways to go. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even evaluate anything when you're, when you're playing the Bulls under Boylan and when you're playing the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they're pretty clearly the worst two teams in the NBA. I'd say the Cavs are, are probably a little bit worse than the Bulls. I think the Bulls have some talent, actually. It's just looking a lot worse than it actually is because of Jim Boylan. But, I mean, they're, they're just... You know, not a whole lot of, of keepers on this Cleveland Cavaliers team. I mean, Colin Sexton, the guy they just drafted, yeah, I, I'm pretty skeptical about. But Was never it, high on him. It's, it's, you know, too early to pass any judgment or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, this, this Cavs roster is just absolutely brutal. Um, I mean, as far as takeaways, I don't know. I mean, Jamal Murray get, gets really hot in a hurry. We already knew that. Uh, he's up to 36% shooting from three on the season. In about three weeks, he went from 28.5% uh, from three all the way to 36%. That didn't take long. Yeah, not at all. If I'm Denver, though, I still would like to get a guy like Tyler Iden more than six minutes in a blowout win like this, but uh, he, he can only got off the bench for a little bit. Yeah, this Cavs team is rough here. Um do you think Nicole Jokic even broke a sweat? I mean, he had a triple-double in three quarters, and from where I was sitting on the main concourse, it didn't look like he took a pass first gear all night. Yeah, I probably didn't need the shift into second gear going against Ante Zizic. <laughs> probably could have kept that baby in first gear the whole way. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he could have had a 30-15-15 game if he played the whole game. What do you think about how Will Bart and Gary Harris have looked here? They've you know, both been back for four, five, six games now. Uh, Barton, of course, was not available the other night for personal reasons, but is back against the Cavs. When do you anticipate seeing those guys re-enter the starting lineup? Because it's something everybody's looking forward to. We haven't seen this starting lineup since the second game of the season. They've only played in those two games together. While Barton and Harris have been active here over the last couple of weeks, we haven't seen that starting lineup play together on the court yet in any of these games. The anticipation is palpable. We know how good that five-man lineup can be together. It's one of the best starting lineups in the league. Do you think we're going to see it in Utah? Oof, I don't know. I think Gary was pretty good in Chicago. Um, not quite as good against Cleveland, but... Michael Mullen said after the game that he expects both those guys' minutes to be ramped up in Utah. I don't know. Maybe I would maybe expect Gary to be in the starting lineup. I don't know about Will. Will looks like he's still a little bit rusty to me, to be quite honest with you. So if I was if I was guessing, um, Gary, yeah, and Will coming off the bench again. That's what I would guess as well. Gary looks like he's primed to get back into the starting lineup. Both those guys have been under a bit of a minute restriction here, like an 18 to 20 minute restriction. So that's probably another reason why they're not starting yet. But all along, Michael Malone has seemed in no hurry to get those starters back out there together. Why? Because Denver is winning games. That's his reasoning, right? No matter, no, no matter what happens, as long as Denver wins, he's not going to mess up a good thing, I guess, in the win-loss column. Uh, so that's his reasoning behind keeping the... Murray Beasley, Craig Millsap, Jokic lineup going here. And and also, of course, because those guys have their restrictions. But I'm with you. I don't think we see it in Utah. But then the next matchup for Denver is at home against Phoenix. And, and we know they like to bring guys back against Phoenix. So maybe we see the starting lineup then. Yeah, I wonder if that's an official rule in the Denver Nuggets rehabilitation program. Uh, bring them back against Phoenix. Really ramp up the minutes against the Suns. Yeah, if you're going to be guarded by Elia Kobo the whole game... <laughs> You can play uh, starter minutes. I, I mean, we got to be careful with Barton, though. I mean, they might be headhunting. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, Denver, that was an important win over the Cavs for sure. Uh, nothing really too notable to take away from it. Uh, Wancho did not play in that game, of course. He's dealing with that abdominal strain. He's going to be questionable, most likely, for this matchup Wednesday in Utah. And then the usuals, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Porter Jr., and Jared Vanderbilt will remain out. Denver, 124 points in this one. Shot it well from the field, 56% from the field, 40.5% from three. Kept the turnovers down. uh, Rebounded the ball pretty well. Exactly what you expected them to do. And I don't know if you saw, but Monday afternoon here, Cleveland and Chicago actually played each other. Let's go. Chicago 104, Cleveland 88. So I think Chicago does have a little more talent than Cleveland does. I don't know if they have a better coach, though. The, The finisher is nice. He's a good player. He's a good yeah. player. I like I like that Wendell uh, finisher front court. Wendell Wendell didn't play against the Nuggets. He's gonna be out what eight to twelve weeks yeah, with a, a torn UCL. Maybe the entire season. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and hit a break real quick. We got a lot more to get to on today's show. We're gonna talk about Isaiah Thomas when we get back. I've got been getting a lot of questions about him on Twitter at my email, and if you ever got a question that you want me to address that's longer than the character allotment on Twitter, hit me up through email, wind at bsndenver.com. But I know you guys want to talk about Isaiah Thomas, so that's what we'll do for the remainder of the show. 
But first, we got to hit this break. We'll be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. All right, guys, welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage, Monday edition of the program. I want to remind you guys, we got a really awesome deal going on for BSN Denver subscriptions right now for a limited time. You get a one-year subscription to BSN Denver for only $29.99 for a full year. That's way lower than the month-to-month price of $4.99 a month. And if you sign up now for that one-year subscription for $29.99, you're also going to get a 50% off gift card that can be used on any t-shirt at the BSN Denver Locker. So we got Nugget shirts there, Av shirts, Rocky shirts, really cool Broncos shirts. So make sure to check that out. Again, for a limited time, not quite sure how long it's going to last, get a one-year subscription to BSN Denver for only $29.99. With that, you'll get a 50% off gift card that can be used on any shirt at the BSN Denver Locker. So make sure to check that out on bsndenver.com. All right, Christian, let's talk about Isaiah Thomas here. Here's how I kind of view Isaiah Thomas, and we'll get into his timeline and when we think he's going to get back, and Woj's report coming out on Friday, I believe, that he's targeting a return around the All-Star break and how he's going to fit, whose playing time could be sacrificed and whatnot. But generally speaking, Isaiah Thomas, for me, has seemed like this cloud that's been hanging over the organization all year. Not saying it's a bad cloud or, or a good cloud, just a cloud, because everything about this team is pretty much locked in. We know who the starting lineup is going to be when everybody's healthy and everybody's off of a minute restriction. We have a good idea of who this bench is going to be, or you know, we do not factoring in Isaiah Thomas. We know what the rotations are. We know how good that bench unit has been all year together. We know like a lot of things about this team. I think we know they're a really good offense when they're clicking on all cylinders, when they're hitting open threes. They can be a really good defense as they prove for some of this season. He's the one unknown. He's the one variable that's hanging out there that has been looming in the background all year, but sooner or later is going to kind of be at the forefront. Is that how you kind of see this situation and how it's been, I guess, developing from way back when Denver signed him to, to right now as we're approaching the all-star break? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good analogy. I, I was pretty pumped when the Nuggets signed Isaiah Thomas to that, that one-year minimum deal. I thought it was a perfect fit. Um, you know, Having watched Monte Morris in Summer League, I kind of got the idea there that, hey, you know, this guy could be the answer long-term at backup point guard. But, you know, for, for this one year, this is a really good solution for both sides because the Nuggets could probably use that spark plug score off the bench. Uh, their bench was not a very good unit. The year previous, uh, the Nuggets had, you know, debatably the be- the worst backup point guard situation in the entire NBA last year. So I thought this was a great fit for IT to kind of prove that 
he can be that that spark plus plug off the bench at the very least, you know, ball out for a year and go get paid elsewhere. Um, I don't think anybody anticipated Monte Morris being this good. Uh, Michael Malone has said as much a couple of times this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Monte Morris we're, we're seeing this year looks like the guy who was playing at Iowa State, who was leading the nation every year in assist turnover ratio. It looks like he hasn't really missed a beat. I mean, he's shooting above 40% on three. Nobody saw that coming. So, yeah, I mean, this kind of has developed into a situation where IIT is sort of a dark cloud because, I mean, personally, I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, he's got a great backstory. I think he's a competitive dude. He loves playing ball. He really just seems to be all about basketball. But I just don't see where the minutes are going to come. Yeah, I don't want to say it's a dark cloud because – I don't think it's a negative situation. That's kind of what that metaphor implies. It's just a cloud, a white cloud, I'll say. (laughs) Okay, thank you for specifying the color. Right. But the reason why there's some uncertainty here is because of what you just said, because of the level Monte Morris has played at this year. Imagine if Monte hadn't been this player, right? Imagine if he hadn't shown this improvement from three-point range and just the improved playmaking ability and how well he's run that second unit. Imagine he hadn't been playing as well as he had this year. There would be a much bigger need for Isaiah Thomas to get back and a much more defined role for him when he gets back. The issue is, like I just said, Monte Morris has been playing at an unbelievable level all year. He kind of had a little bit of a lull, maybe a rookie wall, I'll call it, late last month because, hey, he played 25 minutes for this team last year. He's already well up over 1,000 this year. So naturally, that was going to happen. But it seems like he's fought through that. And I agree with you, man. It's going to be extremely tough to sit him down. And I've been on record. I think you've got to be playing Monte Morris 15 to 20 minutes at a minimum. He's too good. He's got too good a chemistry with everybody on this roster from when he's playing alongside Jamal Murray with that bench unit when everyone's healthy to his ability to feed Nikola Jokic in the post and whatnot and really orchestrate an offense whenever he's out there. He's just played too good, I feel like, to sit him down. So that's, I guess, the issue at hand, right? Like, Where do his minutes come from? Because the level that Monte is playing at right now, there's not an allotment of minutes that you can just go ahead and hand Isaiah Thomas. And I'm not sure how it would look like if those two were playing together. Monte's averaging 24 minutes per game right now. He's played the fourth most minutes on the entire roster, shot the the three ball really well this year, has a bajillion assists and like three turnovers. I mean, plays mistake-free basketball. You know, Monte and Jamal work. That That's a combo that's been really good for Denver. Jamal plays off the ball and scores I, I am skeptical about you know throwing Monte and Isaiah Thomas out there together because that then that means that Monte is going to have to guard twos, right? And Monte, I think he's done an awesome job on, on defense this year, but that guy is 175, 180 pounds. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I just don't know if, if he's just big enough to guard shooting guards, and I don't know about IT on the defensive end. I mean, even going back to that year at the Celtics, um, you know, look at the on-off defensive splits with IT that year. He averaged 29 a game. I mean, the, the Celtics had a 110 defensive rating with him on that dropped all the way down to 99 points per hundred possessions um, with Isaiah Thomas off. So 
I'm skeptical of the defense. And, you know, you just look at Denver's bench unit overall. I mean, Monte, Malik, Torrey Craig, Mason Plumley, four guys right there that, I mean, need to be on the court uh, night in, night out. I Yeah, I totally agree with you. Mason Plumley and Malik Beasley, those guys are definitely going to be penciled in for you know, your 15 to 20 minutes, maybe even a bit more on a game-to-game basis when Isaiah Thomas is healthy. Mike Malone has really said as such. And you got to think that Isaiah Thomas's minutes, whenever he does get back and whenever he gets healthy, they're probably going to be at Monte Morris's expense. I'm with you. I don't really see how Monte and Isaiah Thomas can play in the same backcourt that's really small. And defensively, with how bad the Nuggets have been this year, you got to think they'd be worse defensively with Isaiah Thomas out there. I mean, you just rattled off the Celtics' defensive numbers. In Boston, it was really as good of a situation that you could surround Isaiah Thomas with as possible. He was playing next to Avery Bradley, a really good on-ball defender at the two-guard. Backing him up was Marcus Smart, one of the best uh, backup point guard defenders in the entire league. So it's tough to envision Denver's defense getting better with Isaiah Thomas out there, but you know his minutes, I think they're going to come at Monte Morris's expense. Yeah, I mean, with that, with if you sub Isaiah in for Monte in that bench, you know, just hypothetically, I, I think, you know, assuming it is healthy, then yeah, there, there's definitely a higher ceiling offensively. Um, although Monte, I, I think, makes all those other guys look a little bit better than they probably are. But defensively, you know, I, I think you'd see a, a pretty significant drop off. Monte has been. A, awesome on the defensive end this year. I mean, he's so smart at just understanding positioning. He's good at at knowing when to be aggressive and go for steals. He's been better on defensive end this year than than I thought he would be. I mean, I had some slight concerns just because he's a pretty small guy, but I think he's been an above average defender this year, and we just know you're not getting even average defense with IT out there, what we've seen with his track record. Yeah, so where do we see Isaiah Thomas's value coming? I think it's pretty clear. I think it's in the playoffs. That That's where Isaiah Thomas's value could really come. As a one-on-one scorer, as a pick-and-roll guy with the Nuggets second unit, as a guy who can hit big shots for you late in games, that's where most of his value would come on the court uh, for me. That's really when Denver needs him healthy. They need him healthy for the playoffs. But, I mean, if you're Isaiah Thomas, you don't want to wait that long to get back on the court and – Woj's report comes out Friday that Isaiah Thomas is targeting a return around the All-Star break. Maybe he's back a little before. Maybe he's back right after. And then Thomas sends out that cryptic tweet. I believe it was the same day where he tweets 25 days. And from just asking around, everybody's hypothesizing that that's when he wants to return by. A return date, maybe, which would be February 11th, first Miami, 25 days from this 17th. And look, that report from Woj, you get the feeling that was coming from Isaiah Thomas. You don't get the feeling that was coming from the Nuggets. So that's his viewpoint. That's when he wants to return by. I'm not sure how the Nuggets feel in that regard, but um, that's from his perspective. He definitely wants to get back on the court well before the playoffs. Yeah, that was kind of my read on this whole thing too. Michael Bowen was asked about Woj's report right before the Cleveland game. And Michael Malone said, basically said that that timeline was news to him. Malone said, don't believe everything you read. I don't know where these leaks come from. There is no timeline. There's nothing been said about February. You'll see him when he's ready to play. Let's just assume, too, that, okay, let's say IT does come back sometime middle of February, like 
he seems to be targeting. Well, the last time Isaiah Thomas played in an NBA game was March 22nd. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically going to be 11 months since he played in an NBA game. I mean, I, you know, when a guy hasn't played for 11 months, I, I think it's also just safe to say that it, it might take him a while to, to even look like the best version of himself. For sure. For sure. And from what I've been hearing, he's slowly been ramping up his rehab. He's still got that feel to his game that he's always had, but obviously he's still trying to get in shape and whatnot and get that quick first step back, which is probably the toughest thing to get back after missing as long as he did and having the very serious surgery that he had on his hip. That's That quickness is probably going to be the last things to come back and just that uh, explosiveness. Yeah, Michael Malone's pushback on that was notable, I think. I believe he's just in a zone right now where he doesn't want any distractions from the goals ahead. He's so embedded with this team right now, he's just got his head down. I mean, Michael Malone, this guy who's coaching his ass off at half court in the final seconds of a 22-point win over the Cavs. If you miss that, Michael Malone is screaming at Brandon Goodwin and uh, Tyler Lydon and whoever was out on the floor late in that game. Even though it was a 20-point game, he's still coaching his butt off at half court there in the final moments. He's so locked in. He's so focused on the path ahead and getting this team to the playoffs and just keeping that tunnel vision. He doesn't want any distractions. And right now, this could be a distraction here going forward for the team. Yeah, I mean, Michael Lona has done such a good job this year. The Nuggets are in such a groove right now. They're playing such focused basketball. I mean, it's it's taken a long time for the Nuggets to get to this point to where you know they're showing up and playing really, really hard every single night. They're finally playing some defense, although it's fallen off a little bit lately. I mean, it's taken years for the Nuggets to play the way Michael Malone would like them to. So <laughs> he probably doesn't want to, you know, anything to, to mess up this groove. And not that I, you know, Isaiah Thomas would or anything, just just one guy. But Nuggets are in a great rhythm right now. So let's say Isaiah Thomas is healthy and he comes back here. I don't know, sometime over the next month or so. Do you think he's going to be guaranteed minutes if he says, "All right, I'm healthy right now"? Do you think he's going to for sure get playing time? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I think he's going to get playing time probably at the start. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. For a couple reasons. I mean, a big reason why Isaiah Thomas came here was because of Mike Malone. He's a coach that's always believed in him. Those two had a great relationship going back to his days in Sacramento. He's one of Michael Malone's guys. And you got to think if he's healthy and if he says he can play, he's going to be out there. He's going to really want to be out there because he needs to prove he can still play at this level, not only so he can play with his team in the playoffs, but so he can get a contract next season. And I got to think, at least at the start, you know, we'll see how things go. We'll see how things go over, you know, the first couple games when he's active. But at the start, you got to think he's going to play some. Yeah, the way everything went down, I, I think it'd be hard just to just to bench him um, when he when he's complete when he's back and healthy. It's so tough, man. It's such a difficult situation, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's funny when you think back to when the Nuggets signed him. I, I think that everybody who's been around the team for a while and certainly the Nuggets front office coaching staff, they said Jamal Murray's our guy. I don't think there's ever any question whether Jamal Murray was, was going to back up Isaiah Thomas, but there are a lot of people asking that question. I mean, that's just where we were then. Like, well, Isaiah Thomas is probably the most popular player on the Nuggets from a league-wide perspective. You see that stack of fan mail next to his locker? Right. His locker overflowing with fan mail. He's probably got 
twice as many followers on Twitter than like, maybe the rest of the Nuggets combined. This guy is a superstar. Uh, he's got the one of the most loyal fan bases in the league. He's so popular with other players, with other teams, with other coaches. He's got a huge rep in the league. And I guess that gets me to my next point. It's such an interesting dynamic because we're kind of questioning his fit. And I think legitimately there, there's a lot of legitimate reasons why it's a questionable fit with just how Denver's playing right now and how Monte Morris has played so well this year and where his minutes are going to come from. Inside that locker room, everybody in that locker room from Nicole Jokic to Monte Morris, who's going to be the guy, I think, who's going to see his minutes cut the most by his return, can't wait for him to get back out on the floor. It's an interesting dynamic. I mean, he's thought of so highly in that locker room right now that everybody from Jokic to Monte Morris to Jamal Murray, can't wait for him to get back. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, two years ago, he finished fifth in MVP voting. He averaged 29 points a game. He did it on a really, really impressive true shooting percentage. And, of course, that was in a system under Brad Stevens that was really geared towards his strengths. But, yeah, this guy is a hell of a player. Um, He seems to be a a good teammate. Everybody is always kind of yucking it up with him. So... Definitely, I mean, assuming you're getting 100% Isaiah Thomas probably raises the ceiling. I'm just skeptical that we're getting 100% Isaiah Thomas. Right. If you're getting a healthy Isaiah Thomas, going back to what I said earlier, he's definitely going to help this team out, right? And I think that value really comes in the playoffs when the game slows down, you need more creators. The Nuggets don't have a ton of those one-on-one creators, right? They've got Jamal Murray who can create, Gary Harris can create, Will Barton can create. After that... Isaiah Thomas might be your next best. Well, maybe not next best. He's probably above a couple of those guys if he's healthy, but he's maybe your fourth on-ball creator on this team, and we know you need a lot of those guys come playoff time. So I I think that's really where you could see his value if he is healthy. Um, But Nikola Jokic said today that Denver would not be in the position they are if it wasn't for Isaiah Thomas's presence in the locker room on the practice court, his ability to just say the things that need to be said, even if it's an uncomfortable conversation. And we've talked about that a lot. Not everybody on this Nuggets team is willing to have those uncomfortable conversations. Isaiah Thomas is. He's probably the most vocal guy in film sessions, from what you hear. He's one of the most vocal guys behind the scenes, in the locker room, after tough losses, after really good wins. So, um, it's interesting because everybody on this team loves him, and everybody on this team cannot wait for him to get back. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas definitely keeps it real. I, I think that that's one reason why the relationship between Michael Bowen and him is so good. They're just two very honest guys. I mean, Isaiah has said it a number of times that one reason why it really worked out between them in Sacramento was Mike Malone didn't try to make Isaiah like John Stockton or whatever. He just let him yeah. be the, this scoring point guard and – played to his strengths. So that's one thing working in the Nuggets corner that if this does turn into a tricky situation, I mean, I, I think there's a tremendous amount of respect be- between Michael Malone and, and IT. Yeah, before we move on here, I want to tell you guys about one of our sponsors here at BSN Denver, Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a game-changing coffee. It's also a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, 
and has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural. It's not psychoactive. It's also super rich and tasty. We cannot recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today. Receive 20% off your order of StravaCraft coffee when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. Again, get 20% off your order of StravaCraft coffee with promo code BSN2010 at checkout. If you've got thoughts on Isaiah Thomas, we want to hear them. Hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. Let us know how you see the fit working out. Let us know who you think minutes could take a hit when Isaiah Thomas does return. Where does he bring the most value to the team? I think it's going to be in playoff time when Denver needs some more one-on-one scores. As long as he's fully healthy, I think he can add a lot of value to the team there. Let us know what you think. Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. Also, if you have a minute, maybe not even a minute, maybe 20 seconds, maybe 15 seconds, head on over to iTunes, drop us a quick five-star review. We really appreciate it. And more importantly, it shows us that you guys are enjoying the work we're putting out on a daily basis. Again, we do this podcast Monday through Friday, five days a week, 30 to 45-minute shows, sometimes longer, taking your questions on the hotline, We'll be bringing in some more guests throughout the rest of the season. So a five-star review, it really helps us out. Wrapping up here on this Monday edition of the show, I've just got one question for you as we get out of here. Carmel Anthony, he goes to the Bulls in a trade. He's obviously going to get waived by Chicago. I've predicted a lot of things right on this podcast this year. I'm going to take another stab at this one. I'm going to predict Carmelo Anthony is going to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. Where do you see him going? I think the Lakers, too. Um, you know, a lot of LeBron's social media activity is, you know, like liking comments that are predicting Carmelo Anthony going to the Lakers. I don't think LeBron would be mad about it at all. And you know what? It just makes perfect sense. Throw Carmelo on the suicide squad. Let's do it. F it. LeBron, big Instagram guy all of a sudden. Yeah. Big time Instagram guy. You have to know when you're that famous too, like liking a comment that there are going to be blogs about it, right? Like you have to know that you're just that visible. Oh, he knows. Yeah. It's not on accident either. No, I don't think anything is on accident with LeBron. Yeah. So I guess we both think he's going to the Lakers. Portland, I could kind of see a fit there. Don't be surprised if he goes there. For everybody that immediately got up on my mentions and hit me on my phone, the Nuggets need to bring in Carmelo Anthony. Stop it. Get some help. It's not happening, guys. That ain't it. That ain't it. Nuggets have, like, unbelievable chemistry. Maybe the best chemistry in the NBA. And you want to go and get Carmelo Anthony? I don't even think it's, like, chemistry. I don't think Carmelo's a bad chemistry guy. I just think he's just not a very good player anymore. Yeah, and I think you're probably right. And he's been in the league a long time, too. I feel like LeBron's being so good in, what is it, year 16, 17? Like, LeBron being this freaking good this late in his career has kind of brainwashed us into thinking that Carmelo Anthony should be good, even though he's been in the league since 2003. Like, this is just what happens with normal players who aren't LeBron James. They're just they're just not good after 15 years. Yeah, 15 years in the league for LeBron. You look at the other guys in that draft class, not too many are left. That's to get some good perspective on how long those guys have been doing it. All right, well, I think that's all we got for... Today's show, Nuggets, they'll practice Tuesday. They head to Utah 
on Wednesday. That should be an interesting matchup. Denver putting their unbeaten division record on the line against the Jazz, who have been playing really well. We'll talk about that game more probably on Tuesday's show. Quick little anecdote from practice, though. Nicole Jokic was asked about this game in Utah and the tough environment there. He said he actually enjoys playing in a really raucous environment. It reminds him of some of the crowds and some of the atmospheres that he played in back in Serbia and across Europe. Yeah, he's been asked about just the environment in certain rowdy NBA arenas before, and he said it's nothing compared to Serbia. They used to, like, throw objects at us. Right. Like you got thrown at you in Oklahoma City. Yeah, it was a it was an eraser, so it wasn't too traumatic. It wasn't like a flare. No, it wasn't a soup can or anything. Like you will see those games in Europe, across Europe, and there are <laughs> legit flares going off in the stadium. I don't think a few rowdy uh, Mormons are gonna haunt Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I mean Utah and OKC, two tough places to play. All right, I think that's all we got for the day show. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, hit bsendenver.com backslash subscribe to get that awesome discount on a one-year subscription, only $29.99 for 12 months. You also get a 50% off gift card that can be used at the BSN Denver Locker. Not sure how long that deal is going to last, so make sure to get on it ASAP. And with that, we'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Talk to you then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.